to mama.com You might not go to hell Mind of Man, Mind of God, number 63. It's November 11, 2007. 32nd Sunday in Ordinary Time. Hi, Dave. Hello, Ryder. What's happening, man? Not much. How about you? Oh, uh, just uh, living the life of the squire, the country squire. How is that for you? <laughs> oh, it's going to be good till the money runs out, but uh, you know, for cool. now it's okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, trying to discern God's will for my life, Reiner. Yeah, that that's always a, you know, good trip. Yeah, you know. Well, I was thinking about it that, uh, you know, maybe all the stuff that happened with having an accident, getting kicked out of my job and stuff, you know, maybe these are like little messages that I need to listen to. Maybe I need to go in a different direction. Maybe. Maybe we need to do the show every day. <laughs> maybe. Oh, yeah, that's right. You still have a job. I forgot about that. I have a new job, too, yeah, that I... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Your manager. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Is it everything you hoped it would be? or It's exciting. I'm excited. That's great. It's going to be good. <laughs> wow. You know, save that for your, your, your bosses, that kind of talk. All right. Uh, all right. So here we are. It's um, the readings. So what did you think? I thought they were crap. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I had read them and I went, what kind of crap is this? Didn't like them, huh? Well, you know, you get this first reading about, you know, them torturing and mutilating people and stuff. And... And then the second reading? I don't know. It was more crap. <laughs> kind of. Well, I thought... Okay, and then what did you think of the third reading? Crap. <laughs> it's all about how everything, you know, on life is stupid and it doesn't matter. and And just... You know, act, do crazy things so that in the next life you can get some brownies or something. Yeah, which isn't much, doesn't give you much to go on exactly. No, it doesn't. I went, what is this? Well, I had some thoughts. Yeah, what were they? <laughs> were they as good as mine? <laughs> I don't know if they're as good as yours, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll throw them out there anyway. Well... I thought that if there was a theme, I mean, obviously there's always this theme of faith, and we can't just kind of hold on to that every week. But I think they were really talking about the idea, two ideas that came through for me were um, resurrection and and this idea of torture which and, and torment, be, having tormentors in your life. And I um, I want to talk about that at the, at the last um I, I found something kind of interesting about for our last little uh, bit that I'm going to do, but um, I think it is this this concept of, of resurrection uh, that uh, no matter what happens to you or no matter what's going on uh, in your life or what you're dealing with, that that is always um, you know something that is uh, put out there as something to hold on to. And I guess my thought, I was sort of just thinking about that in terms of everyday life, that, you know, it's always good for me to remember that, that, you know, when I'm going through rough times, that there's that that aspect of resurrection that occurs in everyday life, that things are bad and then sort of 
oddly enough, they seem to get better. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't stay the same. The resurrection isn't just a thing that happens after you die. I think that the thing for people of faith or people of spirit to to think about is the resurrection occurs can occur uh, daily and can occur after a rough time and and that kind of thing. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Would you agree? That's very insightful, Dave. Is it? I mean, yeah, I'm just sitting here saying, this guy, you know, we're going to kill this guy for eating a pulled pork sandwich, and, you know, mm-hmm. and, it's, and he's like, oh, it doesn't matter because oh, the next life is better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've, well, let's, let's, let's hmm? change it into, like, everyday language of today, is that maybe maybe we're not talking about the next life. Maybe we're talking about... Well, I, I just put in my own experiences. So I, so I, so I, I lose my job, and so I could think, well, this is retribution or karma or God's will or bad thing or or what have you. So, so I think of it in that in those terms. Versus, it's an opportunity for renewal or opportunity for something different. Uh, you know, in a, in a larger sense, they're 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 going to a better life. But I mean. We can go to a better life, even in this life. I, I just, I guess, my point is that I think it's easy to get into the emotional ups and downs of bad luck, good luck, bad things happening, good things happening, rather than trying to think of it as some type of unified whole that is basically moving you along in a direction you're supposed to go. But that's just me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I have a certain problem with this whole, yeah, let's look forward to death. I mean, I mean, this almost sounds like these suicide bombers to me. Sure. You know, that, well, it doesn't give up whatever you have in this life because we're going to, you know, be on, on the good team in the next... <laughs> Right, you know, life, and so then it doesn't matter how much you torture me or deny all sort of earthly goods and marriage and everything. Oh well, because you get this magical thing in the next world, which you know may well be true, but right. it just seems so. Anti- that sounds almost anti-life in a way. Yes, yeah. and that's the part that. Bothers me. Mm-hmm. So, well, well, well. Let me let me throw this out as a, as a counterpoint. Let's say, do you think there's other parts of the Bible or other or other places where there's more of an embrace of life, more embrace of sensuality, and more embrace of you know living every day? Like I was just thinking about like the lilies of the field stuff and then the stuff about Song of Solomon and those kinds of things that are more um, celebratory of uh, day-to-day living. Yeah, I mean, probably. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, you know, looking at the readings of the day and I think yeah. they suck. <laughs> so, uh, You know, I, I can tell you the one thing that bothers me. This always bothers me. is like... Um, when he was near death, he said, it is my choice to die at the hands of men with the hope God gives of being 
raised up by him, but for you there will be no resurrection to life. I, you know, I don't really kind of buy that. I mean, I think, I think that's more to me. That's more reflective of the the times versus. I mean, I like to think God has a little more forgiveness in His heart than I do um, for people. Well, who do you think He's talking to here? He's talking to the guys that are killing him. Yeah. Well, I know, but I still think that the guys are trying to make him eat pork. I know. I know. But I mean so so they're they're worthy of eternal damnation for making him eat pork and kill Yes. Okay. You're <laughs> <laughs> a bad mood here. I don't know what you're trying to say, Dave. I'm just saying that you are killing me for stupid reasons, so you should die and burn an eternal hellfire. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> We're we're in kind of an Old Testament mood today, I think, huh? I think so. Okay. Uh, all right. So, anyways, moving along, I, I the other things I kind of saw in here was, uh, oh, okay, because they were talking about that in the second reading, and that we will be delivered from perverse and wicked people, for for not all have faith. So, it, you know, it, I, that's why I was thinking these readings are, are a little bit about, you know, thematically, uh, maybe a bit about. What what happens when you have tormentors in your life? And we always have tormentors. And, but I think also Jesus said you're not supposed to hate your tormentors. Even when he was on the cross, he said the people that were killing him. He said, and you you buy that crap, Dan? <laughs> he said, forgive them, Lord. They know not what they do. Right? I mean, seriously, I thought these were all crap, so I looked them all up. And this second reading to the you know the second letter to the Thessalonians uh-huh. is because the people in Thessalonia, some of them had just said. Screw this, you know. They sort of took to heart this crap in the first reading, uh-huh. and the and the second coming. So they sort of all quit their jobs and just started hanging around, waiting for, you know, the second coming to come. Uh-huh. Paul's telling him, "You're a bunch of idiots. Get back to work. Do something." Well, that's good. That's good. He was telling them that. I know, but I'm just saying, you buy into this crap too much of the, oh, second life. You know, not the virtual game, but you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to live again with God. So what I do here, so I should just mortify myself here or, you know, bomb or suicide or some crap. I just think it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about two things here. Okay, that it, I agree with you. It is crap. Yeah, don't don't be just looking out there. That that's the kind of thing. Do you remember that? Um, uh, a couple of years ago, it was I uh, probably in San Francisco, California, somewhere that that cult where they all like were waiting for the aliens to come and get them, and they all like killed themselves. Yes, you remember that stuff? Yes, I do. Yeah, so that's a, that's kind of another example of this sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah, so, you know, I, I think your point is well taken. You, you can't just be living for the afterlife. You got to be living for today and living for living your own life too. I think we can all agree on that, right? Yeah. Okay. And then, then you know, then you get the whole. No sex for you. <laughs> See, if you buy this reading, you say, well, that's right. No sex for you. Just forget it. That's right. Well, that's you know, aren't the um, don't those suicide bombers believe they're going to have seventy virgins in the afterlife? Something, maybe. Something like that. 
Why 72, by the way? It's a magic number. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> so I'm against all these readings. I think they're all crap, and that's my you know thought for the day. And Dave thinks is that, you know, yes, resurrection happens every day, and that's what you should be looking at. Yeah, exactly. So it's good. We got we have kind of a point counterpoint there. <laughs> That's a good thing. There you go. <laughs> but the real question, Reiner, is what does this have to do with foosball? Yes, indeed. <laughs> what does it have to do with foosball, my friend? That if you just worry about what happens in the next life, you won't even play foosball. And that would be bad. That would be bad. Well, maybe we, we we almost think if you if you're just concentrated on you know the score, the end. Like, I think that the next life in foosball would be winning. We think, well, you look ahead. I'm I'm going to be a winner. I'm going to feel good. Women are going to find me attractive. I'm going to get a new job if I win this foosball game. I you know I'm kind of elaborating a little bit, but you know all good things are going to happen if you're so focused on winning. You're not in the moment. You're not living your life. You're not reacting. You're not responding. Hmm. So, I think in foosball, concentrating on the next life is concentrating on winning. You can't concentrate on winning in life. You can't count your cards while you're still in the game or whatever that saying is. Don't look at your cards. I don't know. Something like that. Hmm. So, I agree wholeheartedly. I disagree wholeheartedly. You do? Yeah. You think you should be concentrating on winning? No, I'm just, this isn't about winning. This is about giving up everything for the next thing. To say, I don't care what I'm doing now. Because the next thing is so much better. So well, how do you know? So you, you should you should care deeply about what you're doing at the moment. Yes. See, here, I actually have some readings here, Dave. I've been reading oh. this other book. All right, lay it on me. And here's one from St. Augustine. Okay. I will suggest a means whereby you can praise God all day long if you wish. Whatever you do, do it well, and you have praised God. So, you know, it's not like, well, just kill me, and then I'll be praised in the next life. No. It's what you're doing now. I think you're right. I think you're good. I I, I agree with you. The Lord measures our perfection neither by the multitude nor the magnitude of our deeds, but by the manner in which we perform them. St. John of the Cross. Aha. So. Very good. So so the gospel is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is wrong, and those crazy Maccabean people are nuts. So there you go. That's what I think. How about those Sadducees? How do you feel about them? Oh, they're just shit disturbers. So... <laughs> All right, so shall, shall we end this this lighthearted romp? Why not? <laughs> well, I wanted to because I I started to think about. It. I got something out of the um, uh, paper. Did I write it down here? Okay, this was about torture. I found this was interesting. This was from, from the National Catholic Reporter, and uh, this is from March of 2006, and it's the, the title of it is Americans especially Catholics, approve of torture. So then it goes on and shows statistics where about how you know how much the public, this has to do with the Abu Ghraib and, you know, war, quote-unquote, war on terror, all that crap. Um, 
So, so do you think the use of torture against suspected terrorists in order to gain important information can often be justified, sometimes be justified, rarely be justified, or never be justified? And so they had the numbers here. And in almost each category, often, sometimes, really, the, the Catholics were higher than, than the total public, which was interesting. But then I had a quote from John Paul II, and he said, as followers of Jesus, we must state clearly and unequivocally that torture violates the basic human dignity afforded all of God's children and is never morally acceptable. So I was just thinking about that. I was thinking about torture in terms of just the readings. And I know this is a little off subject, but it, it sort of occurred to me that, that torture, in a sense, is, is like um, it's like medicine in the, in the sense of, of trying to do like big sweeping measures, dramatic measures versus, um, you know, doing the day-to-day stuff that makes it a more equitable, peaceful, um, just world. And I would tend to agree with John Paul II because I think, but not so much even on moral grounds, on, on pragmatic grounds, that I think this appeal of torture appeals to people's fears and appeals to people's sense of being out of control they think, well, that's going to give me control. We're going to find out what we need to know. And none of it is true. And it's, it it's negates what really has to happen in life in terms of making the world a better place and doing, as you say, being in the moment and doing what you need to do every day to uh, express God's will and express, you know, what is best in us. Okay. Well, that's great. I think we should stop torturing the audience and say goodbye. I don't think we're torturing. I think we're inspiring the audience. All right. All right, everybody. See you next week. Ciao. You can make it. Shoot it. Momog.com.